Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we're here at the Heartbeat International Annual Conference. It is early Friday morning here, so uh, we're all a little bit tired, but we've had a great week so far, and we're excited to have this last day together before everyone heads back home. Um, I have Ellen Fell here. She's our international program specialist, and I'm honestly not sure if she's slept at all this week. I've seen her running around so much, but she's had a, always had a smile on her face, and she's here taking care of our international attendees, which has been amazing. I've been able to meet people from other parts of the world. So we also have Annabelle Nakabiri from Uganda, and we're so glad to have you with us. And uh, I'm excited to hear about your experience. This isn't your very first conference, but this is just a, a one time a year that we get to be in person. So we like to um, capture as many people on the podcast as we can this week. So Ellen, I'll turn things over to you. Thanks, Christine. It's great to be with you, Heartbeat friends and family, and our international guests from, as Christine said, 16 different countries. We have 32 international attendees, and we are so grateful. Um, If I do look a little sleep-deprived, it's nothing because I traveled three hours to get here, Uh, but Annabelle may have actually traveled three days to get here through several countries and airports, so we are so appreciative, so grateful for you and the other international attendees who have made the sacrifice to be here. So, Annabelle, enough about how tired we are. Let's go on to the excitement of conference breakthrough. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your organization. It's so great to be here with you ladies. And um, Ellen has been such an amazing host. We are so overfed. I need to work out (laughs) and lose all the weight that I've gained (laughs) this great week. My name is Annabelle Nakavidi, Sebakije, which is the other long name that Ellen doesn't want to pronounce. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Annabelle. (laughs) I'm from Uganda, and I'm the founder and executive director of the Remnant Generation. The Remnant Generation is a ministry that works to rescue, restore, and empower survivors of sexual abuse and teenage mothers. We meet girls that have been defiled, girls that have been trafficked, uh, girls in, you know, deep places of vulnerability, and uh, reach out to those and show them that there is opportunities for them to have a a different life. Mm -hmm. So for the past nine years of our ministry, we have worked with more than 5,000 girls in Uganda. We operate, um, uh, our rescue program involves shelter as well. So I think the familiar term here is maternity homes. So we have two maternity homes and then one shelter that is dedicated for the girls that are Uh, rescued from sex trafficking, that are dealing with drugs and uh, helping them to get on a recovery program. And we do a business as well, a business program uh, that helps to equip them to know how to earn money with dignity so that they don't have to use their bodies, they don't have to feel under pressure to go back to the street after they have given birth to their children. And uh, we exit them at the end of the journey, which is usually about a year or or two years, depending on what the story is like. And uh, we have had significant success in many ways. So that is about the remnant generation. I'm a mother of uh, four biological children and I'm married to Isaac. We've been married for 11 years. We plan to be stuck together for the rest of our lives. Uh, You're only stuck together if you don't want to be together. Yeah, Yeah, I think sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I got myself into, but the grace of the Lord has sustained him. Uh, We are also pastors. 
Uh, two years ago, my husband got ordained as a pastor and the worship harvest ministries. So now we lead the location in Busega, where, where is the, which is the area where we have our offices as well for the remnant generation here. That's terrific. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. actually. 5,000 mm -hmm. women that you've served yeah. in nine years. Yeah. All right, I'm a little curious, actually, about the name of your organization. Tell mm -hmm. me what the uh, genesis of Remnant Generation is. How did you get to that name? To that name. So the word remnant means survivor. And um, it is my life testimony. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and child marriage. Uganda is the country in Africa that has the highest rate of child marriages and teenage pregnancy in sub-Saharan Africa. Our population is mainly young children, 45.9% uh, of you know, almost 47 million people are children below the age of 18. And um, so, and then there's also so many cultural and religious uh, challenges. My personal experience was I, I come from a Muslim family that was very uh, committed to following the Sharia law. And so child marriage is not a foreign thing in the Muslim world. And uh, my siblings had been married off when they were young. And um, my mom was a teen mother. She, she had her first child when she was 15. So it was just the, you know, it was, it was acceptable. It was nothing to be scared of. And it's the story of many thousands and thousands of girls back home. So um, it's a very long story. Uh, but God met me the day that I was going to commit suicide. And um, I was rescued by a school teacher and given an opportunity to rejoin school. And um, she started working a journey with me of healing from my personal life, you know, pain and abuse. And um, I remember when I was learning to read the Bible and trying to find meaning in life, I remember asking God for what my purpose would be. I had people talking about, you know, everybody has a special purpose and mission in life. I was like, what is there, you know, for, for a girl like me? So broken, very torn, um, very broken family, lots of issues. But God gave me Isaiah 61. And uh, that was my verse of calling. And I started understanding how to listen to the Holy Spirit under a lot of guidance and mentorship from my, uh, my spiritual mother, who is Madame Lydia. Like, I love calling her. She's a, she was a school teacher. So at, back home, when you're a teacher, people, you know, students will call you Madame or Mister or some, you know, Misses or something. So we used to call her Madame Lydia, and uh, she mentored me on how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, how to pray, and how to wait upon the Lord. It was hard. In in Islam, it was easy for me. I knew how to say my you know crammed prayers and stuff. But now I had to this work of listening and being in the room and looking around, and you don't hear any voice. No one is talking back to you and stuff like that. But I got um, Isaiah 61, and that scripture stood out of the Bible, and it became flesh for me. It's, it's like I just saw my, my life mirrored through it, um, just the Lord confirming that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and uh, to go and set those captives free, and to heal the brokenhearted, and to bestow you know, a crown of beautiful ashes, and I, I love when he goes down, I think, around verse 4, and he says, instead of shame, I'll give you a double portion of honor. And the promise that, you know, once that is done and they are healed and they are no longer prisoners, that they will be called the 
planting of the Lord, ox of righteousness, and how he will restore unto them, um, you know, glory, and that they will raise foundations of many generations. So the remnant generation was birthed from that place, the understanding that God had a mega plan for the thousands and hundreds of girls like me that had just remained a statistic that 28% of girls are either already mothers before they make 18 or are pregnant. And when you see that it is below 18, it means they are a child and it means there has been sexual abuse. So those, those were statistics and they were recorded by the UNICEF, by the UN, by all these different agencies. But nothing was necessarily being done practically in my country to seek that generation. And we had every year numbers adding to it and uh, a generation of girls that were being forgotten. And um, when, when I remember the first day that I got the name Remnant Generation, it was a sermon at a youth conference. And I was asking God, what do you want me to teach about? And he gave me the Remnant Generation as the sermon. And it was supposed to be a one hour's service. It ended up being four hours with a lot of healing in that room. Something happened. Many, you know, girls and boys that had carried so many things in their lives uh, that were wailing and crying to the Lord. And in that place on that day, it was a, an afternoon youth service. I remember that Lord told me, you will raise the remnant generation. A generation of girls and, 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 uh, and children that will survive the horrors of sexual abuse and, and child marriage and, and everything that uh, has broken them. And that generation will, will be able to raise other generations and together we shall break the cycle of repeated abuse. So that is, that's where it came from. And that is what we, we do. And I, I plan to do that for as long as there is still need for it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what else to say other than wow. Uh, that is an amazing testimony. Thank you for your vulnerability in sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, is Madam Lydia still alive? Yeah, she is alive. Well, Madam Lydia, <laughs> if you are listening... I'll make sure she listens. <laughs> I want to thank yeah. you for being a blessing to Annabelle and into her life uh, because it's not just one but it is her generation and mm -hmm. a thousand generations after should the Lord tarry. Amen. Um, so thank you. Uh, Annabelle, I know this is not your first uh, conference. Mm -hmm. Which was the last one that you attended? 2016. What was the theme of, uh, do you remember what it was? I don't remember. I don't Sorry. remember what the theme was. But we know yeah. that this, theme, this mm -hmm. year's theme is breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And you and I were speaking yesterday and I just wanted to ask about your experience mm -hmm. at Breakthrough, uh, its impact, I hope, on you uh, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I know you're tired, but they're probably also good, good fruit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe, have you, have you had a Breakthrough? Mm -hmm. So I, I told you yesterday, Ellen, that uh, for some reason I felt I needed to be here this year. And everything was working against that, okay? Um, the visa appointment was not coming through. The finances were looking at me and laughing loudly. Um, you know, my kids got sick, all of them. Like, I, there is the, the week leading to my travel, I was in hospital at night with my husband 
with all our kids. This one is throwing up. This one, you know, like everything was saying, you cannot go. So I got the visa appointment, the very, like the, the, the week leading into the conference is when I got the visa appointment. And for some reason, somehow were able to get the visa quickly and get the finances to come around. So I needed to be here. And I knew that that was my first breakthrough is that I got onto that plane and I was able to come. <laughs> so that was a mega breakthrough. I mean, friends like Carla offered that I'll be, you know, I'll be able to have their accommodation. And, you know, the, she, she covered all my, you know, expenses uh, uh, for me to be present here. And that was very significant breakthrough. And um, when I walked in, of course, just the warmth and the, how much this movement has grown. Like, it was unbelievable to see the numbers as, as you come out, out of the elevator and you see people walking on the floor of registration. And, like, it was, like, we're going into this big thing. It's like, in my spirit, it's like, you're a part of a good thing. God has ordained spaces and times for people to have encounters. And I want to personally believe that this place and time at Heartbeat was one of those places that was ordained for encounters. For my first day, I went into the trauma session that was led by Sherry and Wendy. I went in there because of obviously the nature of work that I do, I deal with a lot of trauma issues and things. I was like, okay, what new thing is in this field that I need to learn so that I can take home? So I walked into that room carrying my, you know, the people that we serve, the girls that, and that we serve and the staff that do the work. So I walked in as the executive director and founder who is going to learn and, you know, get my notes and tell people, this is what we are doing differently. This is how we are going to do it new. What I didn't know is that the Holy Spirit needed me in that room. And the first part of it was notes, notes, notes. My pen was busy. I have a full book of, you know, things that took action points and things like that, amazing stuff. And then we came back to a session and they said, now let us flip and talk about you. So what about you? Ah, it's like, all right. What about me, all right? They are going to tell us self-care and things like that. Rest, sleep, drink water. <laughs> like, it's okay. I'm in for that. Oh, my goodness. Um, the, the weight of deliverance that came through that teaching that afternoon, I failed to stand up from my chair. I sat in the class after everybody had left. I sat in there for like 30 minutes. And I was, my spirit was still trying to process what I had just had. And in that moment, I felt I, it was okay for me to be vulnerable. Um, there are so many wounded healers, Ellen. With the work that we do, we carry a lot of pain and we bury it because we have to stand strong. And even when you're a leader and you're passionate and you're prayerful and you're you know, pushing through hard walls and reaching down to serve other people, what we don't see is that how much that is, you know, pulling on us and, and taking out of us. And then we have the codependency and then we have our own personal challenges that come. But because we are so busy to give attention to that, we, we literally, you know, ignore. And for me, that moment was God telling me, I carried you from Uganda, no distractions, 
no mommy duties, no wife duties, no executive director duties, no pastor duties. I need you and I need your attention and I need you to know that you're my child and I see you and there are these things that we have not worked through. And in that moment, yeah, every, I just lost it. I lost it. I was down on the floor. I was yelling. I was crying and I was calling onto him and I felt just a cloth of peace cover me. And I knew that that was my moment of breakthrough. And from that session, before that session in the afternoon, during the lunch break, we were having Lisa sharing her story. And it was just many things that were, you know, confirmed. And, and so when I went back, I was so aware of what the Holy Spirit was doing. And I'm thankful that he sees he sees and he knows what we need, even when we do not know. And uh, for me, that was one. I, am, I came in as a wounded healer. I'm leaving Heartbeat 2023 with my healing, with my restoration in a better place. My heart is in a much better place to serve. And then yesterday, I bumped into somebody. And I was, first of, my first shock was, she's a writer. I told her, I didn't know you write. And it was Ellen, because I know her to be many things in heartbeat, but not writing, you know. So I said, and then she says, everybody is a writer. Some people have just taken the next step to write their story on the bo in the books, uh, to put it on paper. But everybody has a story. Everyone is a writer. And that hit hard. I was like, oh, yeah, because I have written a book. And I have hidden my book <laughs> um, and um, because I felt, you know, she said something. I had not told it to her, but she said it to me. And she said, I mean, sometimes you may think, who cares? Many people have written about these things. There is other better authors. There are other better writers, people that are more, um, you know, professional. And they have the audience. And like, I mean, so I wrote my book, published 20 copies, put them in a box, they are right under my, you know, um, a bed in my room. And so she told me yesterday that, Annabelle, when I go back to, to Jesus and I want to stand without feeling like there's something I never did, and uh, I, if I had to release this book, you know, not exactly those words, but I just felt paraphrasing. And, and, you know, I want to be sure that I'm not standing there feeling, regretting that I didn't do what he wanted me to do. And I stood there, and she had no idea what was going on. And um, it's just like, God, again, <laughs> you arrest me, <laughs> and you are asking me to walk in obedience, to be willing to surrender what I think is too much, what I think is uncomfortable, to trust you that you will use it to heal. And I, 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 I went back to my room and decided that I'll be out of the way. I'll take my personal fear and limitation and things that, you know, you're not supposed to cry on this podcast. So, um, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, take it out of the way and allow God to use that writing opportunity to heal as many, 
Because maybe I'll never reach every girl. Maybe I'll never go to every brothel. Maybe I'll never be in all the countries that I, you know, my crazy mind thinks I have to be to, to reach every racket of sex trafficking, every, you know, Muslim community where they are getting girls married young. I may never get to all of those, but maybe my, the book will get there. Maybe, you know, something will reach them and they will receive the saving grace of Christ. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to write my book. And for accountability, um, I've not yet talked to her. As like, I need to be able to update her every week on what I'm doing. And I'll be sharing if she has time, you know, to just review a chapter or something with me. And just to know, for you to know that before this year ends, or before my 38th birthday, which will be on December 23rd, I plan to launch my book. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That is uh, truly an inspiring is a very weak word. And I'm a writer, so I know what a weak word is. Yeah. But really, you have, I'm sure, touched many people. And honestly, you have such a beautiful, quiet, and gentle way about you. I could listen to you for hours. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you. Uh, on behalf of Heartbeat and on behalf of the many, many uh, people, not only at conference, uh, the people who will be hearing this podcast, thank you for what you do to rescue women, those in unplanned pregnancies, those in sexual trafficking. We thank you for the heart that God has given you and that you have opened your heart to the mission uh, of life. And you are holding out the word of life in word and in deed. And I just want to emphasize in word as in a book. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Annabelle. Thank mm -hmm. you for being here and for your time. Uh, I, on behalf of Heartbeat and the community that will hear this, we bless you. Amen. We bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And that you receive even the little breakthroughs that might yet be on your, their way to you today on this last day of conference. Amen. Thanks again. Amen and amen. Thank you, Ellen. Amen. Thank amen. you both so much. What a powerful story, Annabelle. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad to have so many friends from around the world here. And we do pray, the Heartbeat staff prays so much before conference that everybody who needs to be here can get here because, like you mentioned, children getting sick, travel issues, it's hard to get somewhere, especially when you're a mom and you are an executive director and a pastor, you have so many things going on. Thank you for spending some more of your time, like Alan said, to be very vulnerable with us and share your story. And we look forward to your book. Thank I'm excited <laughs> to follow that journey and see where that leads. Um, yes. And hopefully we'll have that in our hands soon and, and can find out a little more of your story. So. Wait, Amen. just to keep you really accountable. Yes. Does it have a name? Yeah, it has a name that I, <laughs> I called it like unworthy, but with the un that has a cross, like the word un, U-N. Oh, okay. With a, so a, it's crossed a, out. A, a crossed out, and then the rest of it is worthy. And then this, the, what do you call tagline. it? Tagline. The tagline is healing from wounded attachment. So. <laughs> okay. There it is. We have there it. There we are. <laughs> Thank <Recording>. you. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned the powerful moment in the workshop. Those yes. workshops can be accessed through heartbeatservices.org. Click on store. We'll have the workshops from this week um, that you can check out and, and share with your team. So with that, uh, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.